click, click, click. Okay, it's supposed to go with no. Okay, let's do it again because your your clicks are supposed to go with our claps. So. <laughs> Okay. Well, y'all were both off beat. Y'all this is not meant beat. to be on beat. Honestly, Nana, this should be the intro. This is not meant to be on beat. We're just clapping we just to start the show. Okay. Bonsu. Yeah. Okay. So, B, B sounded like going to be on the one, two, three, going to be on the two and four. <laughs> this is the beginning of this episode, Nana. <laughs> Just starts with Bonzo being like, you guys are off beat. <laughs> <laughs> Madly okay, off let's, beat start. let's just start. Let's just start. Guys, there's a third voice yes. on our show yes. today. And Nana, you want to do the introduction? Uh, you know what? I will let you introduce yourself, Bonsu. You, you, you go by many names. So I think it'll be easier if you just pick your own. Well, it depends who's listening. Oh, if it's law enforcement, this is Bob Johnson <laughs> from Texas. Oh, gosh. If it's regular people. No, um, so I'm Nana's uh, older, one of her older brothers. I'm Bonsu, but uh, my friends call me, well, actually, my legal first name is Osei, Osei Bonsu. But I just go by, at home with my siblings and family, I go by my middle name, Bonsu. So that's fine. Or you can call me, like I said, if law enforcement, Bob Johnson. Texas. Okay, so that's a long-winded way of saying your name is Bo Sue. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm a Leo. <laughs> I like quiet walks. <laughs> what do you want to know about me? Okay, fine. We just, just have <laughs> all right. You know what? we have a, no, we um, have so, a guest. No, we have a guest today to help us discuss a movie that is controversial uh, for many reasons, including between Nana and I about whether or not we should even be talking about this movie today. Mm -hmm. uh, so Bonsu is here to help us discuss and dissect, dissect Boomerang, the Eddie Murphy movie from 1992. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what else. What should we ask Bonsu? Like Bonsu, what are your rom-com bona fides? Well, like, why are we having you here? Like, what's your expertise? Yeah, I feel like we didn't even do the intro to the actual podcast. Real quick, Nana and Nissan. Norm Nissan. Yes. More normally there are two of us, and this is hell yeah. And I'll just do real quick. This we are two badass lawyer ladies of West African descent with a can African do attitude. We are very interested in no, be quiet, Botsu. It it it, it 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 works. It works. She came up with that, by the way. <laughs> it works. I want you to know that was not Nissan, me. I did I, I did not see you turning it down. You've been saying it too. So I didn't turn it down because you said your mom came up with it. So, I'm not gonna say no because your mom came up with no, it. No, my mom didn't come up with it. She just said we needed to be industrious people. Um but um <laughs> Anyway, sorry, I've I've I've, I've cut Nana off as usual. Anyway, Go on, Nana. <laughs> real quick, this romance we focus on, um, or this podcast we focus on romance content. We Nissan and I are friends from college, and we both love romance. And we just decided that you know, there, it oftentimes isn't taken seriously, but there's a lot to appreciate and learn from whether it's romantic comedies, romantic dramas, books, TV shows, whatever. And more than anything, and most importantly, it's a pocket of pleasure in this crazy mixed up world we live in. So that is hell yeah. There are normally two of us, Misan and Nana, but today we have our guest who is Bonsu 
uh, aka Bob Johnson, aka I don't even know what other aliases you go by. Um, and so, Botsu, now is my guest. I guess our first question to you is like, what is your relationship with romance and romance content? I know, and, and you don't have to get into your real life details because it'll just make people sad, but talk about in terms of <laughs> when you're listening. Wow, coming in hot. All I want to know, all basically, all I want to know is like, what are your bona fides? Like, how do you get to why are you here to help assess whether yeah. or not something's a rom com? What's your expertise? So, polite host, I will, ad- polite host, I'll address you. The impolite host over the left, I'm just going to ignore her. Good luck getting a Christmas present for me this year. Um, so, I've been obviously watching, you know, I'm a kid of the 80s and grew up mm-hmm. all those things from the generic when Harry, uh, Harry met Sally. Mm. Uh, Tom Hanks is uh, which we call it. Um, what is that? Sleepless damn in Seattle. It's not the shop. Shop. Yeah, Sleepless in Seattle. It's not the little shop next. Oh, you've I was got say mail. The, you've got mail. There you go. You've got mail. Those kinds of things, like nineties, eighties, nineties, the early aughts. Like I watched all those films. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I will say I will caveat that my knowledge obviously is not as strong as you guys, just because you know the toxic era that I grew up in. Like American Pie is not a rom com. No. At least according to most people's is exactly so so my background is more so towards the comedy end of stuff mm. and that's why this particular movie appealed to me because one of my childhood heroes was eddie murphy mm. and when i this movie was i saw it as his attempt to kind of like revitalize the romantic comedy of that early era that for two for two reasons one didn't see a lot of black faces and two a lot of the rom-coms for that time period was how do i put this delicately a little bit on the corny side if you will uh, okay can you hear me? yeah i can hear yeah. you i we're not going to get into just the argument making yet so like because are our, our, the arguments you have for the movie so let's just start off with you watched a lot of rom-coms growing up you love eddie murphy you love boomerang and you and sure I do. think not to put words in your mouth, but I think the takeaway is that even though you're a man, so there is like a bit of that to- toxic masculinity that that maybe precludes men from always toxic Avenger, baby. <laughs> precludes men from like always engaging with the genre just by virtue of taking up content that was in the atmosphere. You did actually, in fact, watch a number of rom coms, right? Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Just because I mean, you couldn't live in that time period and not engage with popular culture. For example, mm-hmm. uh, that British, it's British. Is it Four Weddings and Christmas a Funeral? Movie. Or no, what's no, the other Love one? Actually. Uh, Love Actually. Love Actually. Oh my God, I hate that one. But that yeah, is something very popular. Very popular. In college, it was one of the things that if you wanted to, you know, have a group of people come around that would, it would be appealed to everyone yeah, across the board, producer. male yeah. and female. That was one of the movies that we could all watch. So. So. All right. This was also that you guys could see that even though we're West African, this is not just a purely nepotistic podcast. I didn't just invite someone because it's my brother. <laughs> he has bona fides himself. So, so I think allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> so, um, I think just jumping into like what we are talking about today, Misan was a little bit reluctant, but I think it's an interesting conversation regardless. Is Boomerang. And Boomerang, as like everybody mentioned, is a 1992 movie starring Eddie Murphy and a whole bunch of other black people. And so I thought it would just be like a really good Black History Month um, bonus episode because, you know, on this show, you've heard us talk numerous times about the black rom-com and the black rom-com 
golden age, which I think a lot of people would put it at least like sort of early 90s, 92-ish. Some would even say it started with this movie and then till the early 2000s. No, it literally yeah. starts <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of people would say that this, this is the movie that kicks off the black rom-com golden age. Um, and Bones, you can talk to that a little bit. Um, and I th- I just think that even though like Misan and I have different um, feelings about this movie, regardless, I think it's one that kind of at least has to be considered or taken seriously because it just comes up in the conversation a lot. Um, and Bontu weirdly is passionate about this movie. So I said, like, what the heck? Let's just invite him on and do the thing he likes to do most and is talk at us. So like, I, let's just jump in. <laughs> And so um, um, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I have like brought up like doing romance stuff to multiple black men. And they're always like, so y'all doing boomerang, right? I was like, what? And I just I don't know what it is. And I even like texted my friend's husband and I was like, oh, of the black rom-com movies, do you think like boomerang is a big one and he was like i didn't see your second text but when i saw the first text i assumed that you were going to be talking about boomerang so i don't know what it is about and damon young wrote like a whole thing about boomerang like especially for like i think black men of a certain age this movie really has yeah sort of has some kind of may I, yeah. may I interject? yeah of course may I inter- part of the thing is that marcus graham exudes a level of cool and confidence that oh, yeah, you that's didn't, definitely what it is. You know, yeah. The and again, so let me caveat it to the the podcast world out there. I acknowledge this forms full of, you know, certain traits that in our mil- current milieu would not be acceptable. I get all those things. Even some of the Marcus's behavior, a lot of Marcus's behavior not acceptable, but in the era we grew up in, he was successful. He sounded erudite. But he also still sounded very down. Like seeing Marcus like that, it's a chance to be like, I can be like that guy. I can look like that guy. And it's not corny. I can still be cool, but yet I can also be the modern image of success. And I think we're, we're going to get into that whole thing about quote unquote realism versus, you know, too, being too far fetched as far as what the critics thought of this film. So black men, at least from my friend groups, we saw this film as something like just, wow, this is a guy that we can look up to. Okay. Yeah. And that, that provides a little bit of background because I didn't want to forget black men. Uh, Barack Obama would be very angry with me. And so I decided to like really get into, <laughs> to decide to at least take this movie seriously. <laughs> See, it's, it's wild when we have, we have, we can't have two, two, two for my family on we're this doing podcast. A lot, we're doing a lot right now. I just want that to be caveated that a lot's going on. Um, uh, I'm being Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm, waiting so, for you. I'm waiting for my turn to jump Yeah, in. so we're going to explore, is this a rom-com? Is it a seminal black movie? If so, like, why do we think that is? And then should it be in the black rom-com canon? And so Misa, take it away. You know, <laughs> I will allow, it seems, for this to really, like, made an impact and be transformative for, like, a particular generation of black men. But I like the black men in my life do not care about Boomerang. I don't know if it's a Nigerian bit of it. Mm. I don't know if what it like. I'm not sure if that's the piece of it. But they just like, like objectively, I can see this being like. I understand this is like a seminal black film. I like there there are lines in it that I remember from ages from watching it before. You know that are funny like Grace Jones. You know yeah. and her like all of her antics in the entire movie. Like love should have kept brought your home your ass home yeah. that last night or you know something like that. Like all of that, I get it. I remember it. I think they're key parts of like black cult, black pop culture and all of that. But like the movie, 
Like I watched it again today because I was trying to figure out if like I, you know, maybe I didn't remember it properly or something. Mm. And like it didn't like why it didn't move me. I watched it. Today, I was bored, guys. Mm. Bored. Like I like I get I get the beats of it. Like I I enjoy like seeing like beautiful black people. Yeah. In the 90s. And people like all these key stars, like it's Leela Rashawn, you know, it's like Tisha Campbell. It's, you know, Robin Givens, you know, and yeah. peak Robin Givens, Halle Berry, you know, not probably not peak Halle, Halle Berry. It's early. It's still gorgeous. Halle. Yeah. Yeah. It's early Halle Berry, but, you know, like gorgeous, gorgeous people. Eddie Murphy is so handsome in this movie. So handsome. It's like ridiculous <laughs> how handsome he is in this movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. like, he's a good looking yeah, dude. Yeah. He looks really good. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like, you know, baby Chris Rock, you know, uh, Martin Lawrence, David Allen Greer, like you're seeing all these like key sort of like heavyweight talents, mm-hmm. like black talents, Grace Jones, Eartha Kitt. I yeah. mean, come on. Like, it's like all of that together. Like I, I get sort of the, how monumental that is and being able to like make that happen and make that as a film in the, in 1992 and have that be one of the highest grossing films of the year. Huge major a testament to eddie murphy's prowess as you know as a, a as a producer to reginald hudlin as a director you know having that be his like follow-up to house party like really really cool i get all of that but the actual movie mm. the actual sort of like story beats to me are quite like maybe it's because the pacing is off or maybe it's because it's from the perspective of marcus yeah. and like I, it's sort of how I feel a little bit with like the best man and why I don't think that's a rom- like a, a like a, a black rom-com that you know sort of like should be held up as something that's really really good. I just like maybe it's the male perspective that sort of like makes it difficult for me to sort of like buy into the romance and the love story or maybe it's the pacing. I'm not sure what it is, but like I don't buy it. Yeah. Although I will say I did like I did like sort of like, you know, the banter between like Jacqueline, Robin Gibbons' character and Marcus yes. initially that flirting yes. super hot. Yes. Very very cool. Um, and then like, you know, Angela, Halle Berry's character and Marcus sort of their banter and that sort of like, like their friend chemistry also like all of that is cool. It just does not work for me. Okay. So that's why like, I'll like, I'll allow it to be like, fi- I guess, you know, it's like, it's a rom-com, I suppose, cause it's, it's attempting that, but I don't think that it does it very well. Um, but I can see it being a seminal black film and I get that. Okay. So I think Bisad said like a lot and we're, it's a lot to consider, um, just for like a little bit of background. So plot summary. Uh, Marcus Bontu, I'm forgetting his last name. Say it real quick. Graham. Graham. Yeah. Marcus Graham. Yeah. Graham. Yeah. He is like a hotshot marketing executive at a company that is like a black cosmetics company, I think is more or less what it is. And it's like it's like it's like the Johnson. Yeah, company. it's basically the Johnson company. Yeah. And, it lo- and it looks like yeah, the office is like at Brookfield, right? Like it's like somewhere like in the financial district. Really she she fancy. Beautiful black people everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's the like the cream of the crop. He has two best friends played by Martin Lawrence and David Allen Greer. And he is a dog. He is just Tyler and Gerard. What? Tyler and Tyler Gerard. And Gerard. Those oh, okay. Are okay. David Allen yeah, Greer's those, are, those are the characters. Yeah, the character yeah. names. Yeah. And Gerard's name is Jackson because his parents were Mr. and Mrs. Jackson. <laughs> I, I got to get through the plot. Okay. <laughs> Not all the time. But yes, you. thank I you. I all the time. <laughs> no, she just gets frustrated because she can't get through the plot because okay. we're always interrupting. I thought it was just you were bowled over it's by part my of the fun, though. Keep doing Mr. it. Mr. Mrs. Jackson. No, no, this is, I, okay. But it's real quick. He's like, he's really, uh, 
he's just like a very debonair sort of like in the cut of like almost like black 90s Cary Grant kind of figure um, and he's just has he's like at the top of the world right he's doing well like his career he has these friends and like they're always kind of marveling about like how does he get all these women and he does like it's almost like not quite Kevin Samuelsy, but it is a little like pickup artisty in the way like it's like I understand women, you know, like he has this like whole philosophy about how to get women. But the problem is that when he does, he always finds something wrong with them. So we see him go on a date with Lila Rashan, who's like gorgeous, but like and it's a running th- gag through the whole movie, like her feet are nasty. So he doesn't want to be with her. Right. But at some point, not her feet, it was her toes. Well, it was her toes. She has like bunions and stuff. I, does he say her toes specifically? Okay, fine. Yes. <laughs> Lord. All right, her toes. Um, oh my and, God. and so that he, there's like a merger with his company or they're being acquired by a larger company called Lady, what's it? What's the Eartha Kitt's company? Lady Eloise, Eloise right? Lady, Lady uh, Eloise. Eloise. And, um, you know, so we meet like Lady Eloise is this kind of zany, like, and, and the thing I love about, Her. yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I like about this is like, we're, Ma, cause okay. <laughs> we're, we're taking like classic, like kind of key black icons and they're like almost parodies of themselves, right? So Eartha Kid is like this like oversex, like older woman. And Marcus believes that like, if he kind of gives her what he wants sexually, he's going to be like the chief marketing executive for this new company, right? Right? Uh, no, that's wrong because he meets this beautiful, sexy woman played by J- uh, Robin Givens, Jacqueline. And even though, like, I think you're not supposed to like her, I don't know. She is so fine in this movie. The way she dresses, everything. I mean, she is just, she is she's everything. Is she is she's everything incredible. in this movie. Yeah, she's and so he sees her. He is like really immediately is. smitten. And there's like this little sort of back and forth flirtation, but she's not biting and she's very kind of emotionally distant and kind of play, you know, hold, keeps him at like arm's length. And, and he like basically is like trying to pursue her and she's like, I work with you. It's not going to happen. And at some point he like discovers that she's actually going to be the chief marketing executive. And so there's like now this woman that he was trying to pursue sexually and thought he could kind of like do his Marcus thing and like win and charm. Now she's going to be his boss and she is, has like no interest in him. They end up having like some kind of a courtship, but it basically consists of them having sex. And then when, ja- when, it, when and how Jacqueline wants and Marcus like realize like kind of becoming, quote unquote the woman in the relationship so this does have a little bit of like retrograde gender dynamics a little bit but um he is like falling for her and he's falling for her heart and her uh emotional withholding and and the mixed messaging is kind of like just messing with his head meanwhile there's um angela played by holly berry and she's like the art director of the company and they've had like a kind of a friendship and they're friendly and for some strange reason angela is just very concerned she doesn't want to see marcus get hurt by jacqueline also there's a point where well hold on okay hold on please just you forgot a little you forgot a little piece step in brother when he when he (laughs) right on sister (laughs) um when they first when he first meets Jacqueline and Angela, yeah. he is like, you know, Angela's just polite and being yeah. there. He's like, all right, I'm just gonna pass you off. And he sets, yeah, he her, sets up her up with, with Gerard, Gerard, which is gonna be important yeah. down the Yeah. Down the, I mean kind of, except for That's they don't a good point. Yes, he sets her up with Gerard. Oh, it is important, but like they, they don't do much with that relationship. But yes. They do. Okay. They do with the ramifications, but go on. Okay. So he said he's like, Oh, like, yeah, you should meet my friend Gerard. So Gerard and um uh, Angela are kind Angela. of becoming friends, but they never quite are dating. They're just like friendly, and there's like no real chemistry between them. Meanwhile, he's like chasing. Well, they try to date. They try to date. They, they to went date on a they went on a few dates. They went on they a went few dates, but they, it was like 
because it's like platonic. Yeah, it was platonic. Because yeah, I mean, like, there's that part of the hey. So this is the awkward part of the end of the night, and they try to kiss, and he kisses her on the yes. nose, and then she has to actually kiss him. Yeah. So it, yeah. it just wasn't yeah. working. Meanwhile, uh, what you make first, Marcus is like t- t- chasing Jacqueline around like Pepe Le Pew, but then at some point he's like, uh, like <laughs> he, he she she. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, not like Pepe. Pepe. Pepe's got some connotations. Okay, fine. Not Pepe esque. Yes. Okay, not Pepe. A school, but let's say love. Love, love sick schoolboy. Love sick schoolboy. Um, all right, let me just get through this really quick. Wow, justice for Marcus Graham. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, hey, look, that's my man. Graham we right have there. like the number one Marcus Graham stand I in the know. house. I didn't even okay. know. Okay, all right, but anyway, this is this is like escalating. Uh, and at, at some point, like you know, like Marcus's work is suffering. He like ha- makes a really bad commercial, and then like his he, he like may or may not. Whoa, 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 whoa! You, 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 oh, but but <sighs> let's let's back up. You, you skipped a ton. No, I try to do this for, really fast. Okay, well, just no, tell, just tell it, just go ahead, <laughs> right. go ahead, Monsu. So, Marcus and Jacqueline eventually hook up. Ghost, after a while, he starts to get feelings, and she's like, "Hey, look, bud, this ain't this yeah. ain't it, this ain't it, Chief." So she kind of pulls it, pulls it, pulls back a bit. Now, in the course of her pulling back, um, Gerard and Angela, they've kind of decided they're not going to date. Gerard's parents come over for Thanksgiving with Ma- Marcus and Angela and Gerard. Now, after that, in the course of that, um, after Gerard's parents have hook up and then they leave Marcus's house, funny ass scene with John Witherspoon and I can't remember the actress's name. I think it's I know, but she's, she's very funny. funny. Yeah, something. Uh, either way, anyway. So after they leave, after Thanksgiving, Marcus and Angela get close. Yes. And then eventually, them getting close, Marcus has to tell Gerard they they break up. Like the French, uh, the boys group break up. Where we get the uh, then Marcus kind of realizes like ooh I've got the real thing right here yes eventually Jacqueline goes like ooh hmm, I want that old thing back so yeah because he's not paying attention to her anymore yeah like she likes yes. having the okay. power over him that she had yes and yes. then she was able to have like mock him to everyone else in the office and he'd been like the cool dude before first she yes. takes what he thought was his promotion mm-hmm. then yes. she basically like suns him um basically like plays his own game on him which has never yes. happened to him yeah. before now he's like a like a laughing stock but then he like sort of lets go of that and like sort of like is able to jump back and like rebound with like a great commercial, all this other stuff. And it's all t- like partially thanks to Jacqueline, uh, no, Angela and their friendship. And Jacqueline's like, wait, what's like, going what? on? And then she wants, yeah, exactly. Boom. So she like wants to like slither back in with her toxicity. Yep. And then he lets her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did kind of well, skip. No, no, no. He almost let oh, her. Oh my God. This is okay. So- he did not almost ah. He almost lets her. He does. Remember, whoa! <laughs> that is a blatant rewriting of the movie that I just watched. Look, that says, is not what said, happened he, in that movie. I he just said watched. He said, "Go for a walk." This we is don't like, know if he hooked up with her. He, we can't prove he hooked up with her. He definitely hooked he up with her. Said, he stayed okay. the night. He definitely hooked up with her. But anyway, no, he went back home. He came home. He just came home. Oh Lord! Angela even said, literally said, "You came home. You should have, you know." You came home very late last night. Came home in the middle of the night, right? She, I, I, again, I haven't seen this movie. We in a saw of him years. sneaking in yes. like yeah, some yeah. cat blur, burglar <laughs> who had his hands caught her. in some cookie jar. Oh, because he didn't want to wake her up. Oh, I, I gotta step in oh, and moderate. Okay. Folks, you're just speaking nonsense. That is not what happened in the movie. That's, well, um, that is also, not what happened in the movie. Even though in your attempt to cut me, cut me off for some reason, you cut off, like you actually did cut off like my progression. You actually missed you the missed part of the plot. Oh, I just don't want to talk about Nelson yet. Kidding. I wanted to save Nelson. I wanted us to save Nelson. Because Nelson's a key okay. part that I just... 
Because she's going to be like, fine. Okay, Nana, continue. Not <laughs> he did a bad. We didn't even get the Grace Jones and Eartha Kitt being so. We didn't even talk about like Eartha him hooking up with Eartha Kitt, and then Grace Jones like trying sexually harassing him Grace for months at a time. Yeah, Grace Jones sexually harassed. I want to save those parts for after. Okay, we can talk about that after. I think the part that Bootsy skipped over that I was gonna say is that his work starts to suffer. Angela is sort of interceding yeah. on his behalf, telling Jacqueline to like stay away. This mm-hmm. is where we're seeing she has Felix, and then when he's like feeling very yeah. low and down about it, he and Angela strike up a friendship this is the important part you missed and so he starts she takes him to like this arts class that he she does with like little like inner city children before thanksgiving yeah for thanksgiving before thanksgiving Thanksgiving. and like she's just trying to get him out of this funk so that's where we see the initial friendship and then at thanksgiving she's there helping out and whatnot and then they hook up so botsu kind of missed that part it's okay not everybody can do plot anyway I think we so anyway yes then back to the part where yeah when Mark Marcus cheats let's just say he cheats on Angela allegedly (laughs) allegedly and then Angela Angela kicks him doesn't even kick him out I think at some point they were living together which I thought the movie rushed yeah basically they rushed yeah they that's what I think about Pays yeah because like there's one point that like Jacqueline's like wait like what's going on they're too close and then she like calls him and then Angela calls his house and then Angela picks up. And then, like, she gives the phone to him. And then he's like, oh, yeah, Angela stopped by. Bro. Yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> You guys live I, together. He, That's the first time that he's, like, you yeah, know. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about, like, th- like the specifics about it. But, like, the movie kind of shows that, like, oh, I, I totally lost my train of thought. What was well, I Oh, <laughs> well, hold on, real quick. <laughs> this is madness. Remember there was, that office, there was that office scene when, like, after they've hooked up and he's, he goes up to uh, Angela, like, hey, you kind of thing in front of Jacqueline Jacqueline kind of gives them the eye like that was the part she's trying to figure out yes. what's going on so when she pick when she makes that yeah call, that's when she when starts it, yeah and after she, that like, she yeah. and that's when she's like I want that old thing back you know okay yeah yes. so. that's right all right but the, so we've- the movie I do think that the movie the pacing like thing as you were saying Nana like that's part of what I was talking about before like the movie sort of like rushes I think their like, relationship they're like them being together in a relationship yeah so then I from, agree. like I, like, I don't want to get into my opinion about that. Like, I'll let you finish. But it rushes that part. And so, like, allegedly he cheats. He de- definitely cheated. Um, and then, like, Angela's like, no, this is over. And then he's, like, heartbroken or something. Yeah. So, yeah, no, she she's – no, let me, let me finish. And then we can just talk about the plot. Let me just – or the, the movie. Real quick. He – so she's – this is where she says the famous line, love should have brought your ass back home. She leaves. And then – this is like the part I think is so interesting. She just decides like, I'm going to be like a bad bitch. I don't have time to teach these kids art anymore. And I'm going to be like an executive. She's like, I'm going to become Jacqueline 2.0. Basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she even starts dressing like her. Yeah, and then she starts dressing like She starts like wearing her. that weird like hat, turban right? hat thing yes. she was wearing throughout the movie. I'm like, are you guys wearing that to make her look less pretty? Because yes, it's, yes. work- it's working a it's little bit. It's absolutely actually. what happened. And so she's like kind of taken, like now she's Jacqueline 2.0 in another company. Jacqueline is like, what's his name Marcus decides that he doesn't like want Jacqueline anymore what he really loves is Angela he goes back and I'll, we'll talk about this I think this is the most feeble take me back speech I've ever heard at, of all time but he- it's ridiculous <laughs> horrible so- only a man would think that would work <laughs> so he's basically no comment. 
he basically goes and he and the other thing he does which i don't like is he uses the children so they're like the children are here to see you she's like oh my gosh my babies and he's like just kidding it's marcus okay go home kids and then he comes in he he like pleads his case which she's basically like you know she talks about her hurt she's vulnerable and then i don't remember the exact line but he's just basically she's like how do i know you won't hurt me again or something like that he's just like i love you and she's like okay let's go home and that that's basically how the movie ends yeah, no, because she's like, no, she says like, you know, give me one reason to take you back. Yeah, I think well, was, yes. the line was, give me, just give me one thing, and he's standing like, ba 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 ba, and then she's like, I, that's right, I knew it, and then that's when he's like, look, baby, I love you, and she's like, oh, he said he loves me, and then so, they're. Right. And then they're walking so, home and he's like kind of like maybe checking out other girls. And she's like, I know you're not doing that. And then you're just like, is this going to be the rest of the relationship, Angela and Marcus? And that's how the movie ends. <laughs> we know we know how that movie like, you know, what happens, you know, five years down the line. They've got two kids. And by seven, by 10 years in, they're divorced because Marcus just couldn't help himself. Damn, that's bleak. Yeah, it's like the best man, the final chapters. with uh, uh, spoiler, you know, alert. spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But keep going, Nana. We're here. We're listening. So we did the plot breakdown. I think we got I think one thing that's like kind of important about figuring out like or why this might be a seminal black movie is the context, right? Like the time it came out at what it tried to accomplish. And Botsu, you you had a little bit of you wanted to say about the background, right? It was like nineteen ninety two. Um I think like just a, oh. a little bit. Okay, I'll give a little bit so of background. You just can talk Okay. All right. Real quick. Yes. So Eddie Murphy's movies prior to this, like his last yes, big movie before important. this one, was Coming to America. No. And you and I are having this conversation. Well, I think no, it was Harlem Nights. Harlem, but Harlem, no, sorry. Like his last big. I didn't say. Harlem Nights, by the way. Side note, Harlem Nights is better than this. <laughs> I would say that. I would say that. I would not right, Harlem Nights is a classic, but I said last big movie before this. His last big okay. movie, Box okay. Office, okay. was Coming to America. Okay. Okay. And Coming to America, it's a comedy Fair. that is in search of a romance. Yes. Like he's trying to have that romantic like element, but it's not. It's really just more like joke, 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 joke. Hey, a little bit of romance. Joke, 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 joke. And yeah. this one, it was like we're going to try to center the romance with jokes as well. Obviously, mm. like you know that black people could relate to because a lot of times, if you want, movies in the eighties with black black leads and black romance, there wasn't a whole lot of comedy with it. It was just going to be like, ooh, there's a little bit of love, or ooh. There was a lot of comedy, but there was never the two kind of really mixing together. But in mm-hmm. this particular element, you get both. You know, you get our version of when Harry met Sally, a little bit more raunchy, if you will, but still two people that are in search of each other that fit in some way, like weird, zany way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that I think what's interesting, it's good that Bonsu kind of, I think we need to contextualize it. One is just like sometimes I forget. I was talking to, like my friend and her husband how big eddie murphy was at this time right like it was just like the 80s it was like hit after hit after hit but it was always this like kind of zany black guy like make it like like fish out of water and like all, all around all these crazy white people right and then coming to america to bonesu's point is like that that was something that felt different there was a romance he was i think like and i've read a lot of background about this Eddie Murphy, I think, was trying to get away from being like a straight comedy guy to like being more of a leading man. Right. And so coming to America, I think, is where you first see that. But to Bones's point, it's not like there's not really as much of a romantic arc and it's not as centered as much. And so 
one thing I find interesting about this movie is like Eddie Murphy basically created the idea and then had a couple writers, Barry Blaudstein and David Sheffield from um, SNL, help him write like a script. Right. But like he essentially created this as a vehicle for himself to be a leading man. Um, and like the style of like a Tom Hanks or whatever else. Right. More, this is more of a Cary Grant. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's fair. Like a, it is, a, is very much a Cary Grant. Yeah, this is a classic. But, but Tom, but Tom Hanks, but Tom Hanks is like a, a Cary Grant archetype for like the '90s, though. So like, but Cary he's not Grant debonair. Like, yeah, Tom he's Hanks. not debonair. That's yeah. But he's but like he's like he's probably the best sort That's of the like everyman. All right. Um, example that yes. we had of that, like sort of yeah, the everyman exactly in the in the um in the 90s but you're right though that uh, eddie murphy's character is a bit more suave yeah and to be ever, fair like, in this movie like as we're talking i think like in mainstream rom-coms which is like let's be real white rom-coms they're like got away they were getting away from that Kev- carrie grant archetype right like exactly what you were talking yeah. about so yeah. it was much more of like an everyman there's like billy crystal um which my call Tom Hanks, what a, like a, a little later, yeah. Hugh Grant, right? It was all about a guy just being like a normal guy who finds himself in a love situation. And to um, Bonesu's point, I think that what Eddie Murphy was styling himself as was something very different. It was more old Hollywood, you know? And I think there was also ca- the, the, yeah. there was also the undercurrent of a little bit of the precursors to the metrosexual because he's very well groomed. I won't yeah. call him a feat per se, yeah. but like, for example, um, Jacqueline was the one that wants to watch basketball, but he has no interest in the sport. I do love that scene. <laughs> he, you know, yeah, that was he, his house is well, it's very meticulous. He has the flowers, the array of everything. Just the, you know, it's centered around that I am yeah. a put together man. I am Aesthetics. exactly, and yeah. that was one of the things that I have to give Reggie Huddle, Huddling credit for the way that the film is shot, the colors, and everything. It's it's very very on point. And yeah. like the last scene, for yeah. example, the Empire State Building is lit up in the the Pan African colors. Like it has the black, red, and green. Yeah. That is, you know, and so they do all these yeah. things. But specifically with Marcus, though, it's and this is why I say that he's more of the Cary Grant because Cary Grant has that slap slapstick parts in him, but it's still yeah, always yeah. like at the end of the day he's yeah, yeah. himself up. So like when he goes looking for the dog, like Kermit, that seems yes, yeah. it's, it's it's he's yeah. still Actually, very neat. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, I actually agree with you because that is like because I watched a lot of Cary Grant movies. That is like his total charm is that he could be total goofball, total slapstick. He could be the butt of the joke. And then the next minute he's like smoking a cigarette and he's elegant and you want to be him. Right. Exactly. And so and so I think Marcus is kind of embodying that. But to Misan's point, I think Tom Hanks was like almost like a shorthand for a romantic lead at a certain time. And oh, like, absolutely. I think Eddie Murphy yeah. to what he wanted to achieve or like be in people's minds. I, I don't know his mind, but it seemed like he was trying to fashion himself into a leading man as opposed to a comedy dude, just a straight comedy dude, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, um, but what I think is interesting, and both of you could talk about this, is critics did not buy Eddie Murphy as a leading man, like a romantic leading man. Romantic or a romantic leading man. And honestly, and we've talked about this, like Eddie Murphy movies, he never has real love interests, like except for like prior to like coming to America. And then I think Har- like kind of Harlem Nights. But like, you know, like it, it was never really about his like him, like being seen in that way, you know. And so this movie centered like like I've never watched another like I wouldn't say most other 
Eddie Murphy movies the way like Misan was like, oh, he is so handsome, right? Like they the other movies aren't really about that. And so I see why this would have been yeah. his vehicle. But I think critics like they uh, critics didn't buy one him as like a romantic leading man. And two, like we were talking about science fiction, Bonesu, I think when we were talking about this, like they were just like, this is not real black people. This is not black life. This is like not reflective of real a, a real black existence. Um, I and just yeah, want to talk Murphy, about that. Yeah, like Eddie Murphy had to put out an op-ed in the LA Times, I want to say, or after like the critics savaged the film. And even if you go, I think if you go to, what is it? Is it Metacritic or what? One of those websites, is, or Rotten Tomatoes, whatever it is. It will have like a list yeah, of, like, yeah. If you look at yeah, the, the, the critics, the critics like the reviews, reviews is like a C minus at best or like a five, whatever it is. And then if you look at the audience reviews, it's an A. Now, granted, I suspect most of the audience happen to be people that look like us, and therefore we get the the jokes, you know, because there's some yeah. there's some jokes that are you, you've got to be like, I don't get it. Why is that funny? Like, for example, the whole thing with the parents at the dinner table, like you've got to coordinate, yeah. you know. Yeah, the, that's a classic. You know, so there are certain parts that they just like. I could see why the critics wouldn't get outside of the whole like, ew, Negroes that are wealthy and working at successful companies huh that's not believable that part yeah i can see the critics saying that part but i think the other part was that they didn't get the story totally as far as the humor goes that was the other thing that i i don't think they related uh, related to very well they didn't relate to the comedy but they also see the- okay oh, go nissan I don't think the critics were wrong. Okay, well, you, like, <laughs> so talk about I it. So I see that I like I don't the ops are I, in the house. I, I don't think they were wrong. The ops. I don't think like I think the pieces. The, <laughs> I'll be that for this movie. Uh, I I think that the pieces of like the if they're talking about like black like this being like fantasy for like these are not yeah. real black people and all the other stuff like that's BS like yeah. that's like you know. I like I sort of like battle away at those criticisms, but if they're talking about the story or not being able to sort of buy like some of the hum- like what's supposed to be clearly funny or the humoristic a- elements of it, I actually see their point a little bit because as much as I find Eddie Murphy to be handsome in this movie, yeah. you know, like clearly he's like a ladies' man, he's like a womanizer or whatever. Like this, the idea of this is be like again, like I said before, but like I was like I was saying before, like I don't think the story like the romance piece of it actually is sold and if that is what they're reacting to for the criticisms like I understand it because it's it's a shame because like the aesthetics are on point there are all these like super talented people that are in this movie and they're a part of this experience and it should be like all the elements are there for it to be sort of like this like I see why it was a box office success but I understand why critics were like "Eh." but I I because I like I was watching it today and being like I will say that like uh, and I wish I could pull this up like this explicit the ex- it was explicitly about Race. rich successful black people yeah. and black people having like a com- like there was a one critic that was like a company that like a big successful company that's all black people and there are no white people at the company like a lot of it was about the this universe where white people didn't exist but the black people seem to be very affluent and successful and so i mean and this kind of tells you where we were as a culture in the 90s that like critics felt very comfortable explicitly calling that out and saying that this is like a world of like aspiration and science fiction but it's not like a real world because there are two very like pivotal scenes with white people in this movie there's one when they go to that store and they're you know they're browsing for clothes and so tyler martin lawrence's character is like hey I want to get this jacket. And 
as usual, you know, the white man's following them around because brothers can't walk in a store without someone following them around, says, you know, that's $1,800. And that was one scene where you have the racist, you know, what would you, yeah. I, would you call him the manager? Whatever he was. But the other scene was in the restaurant where they're offered food. And she says, like, asparagus. I think she calls it spears or something spears. like that. Yeah, yeah, asparagus spears. Yeah, she said asparagus yeah. spears. And, you know, yeah. so Martin Lawrence's character throughout the whole thing, he's kind of like a proto uh, hotep because yeah. he has some takes that are yeah. hotep adjacent, if you will. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, for our – should I explain what hotep is or the audience should know what no. hotep – Got it. Moving they, on. They can look it up. Don't need to. They'll adopt it. They'll, Let me Google, Google that for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are the two scenes we see white people. Outside of that, there are no other white characters in the film, at least not yeah. speaking characters, if you will. So the whole thing about like this being an exclusive black universe is very visceral, and it's, meant, it's very intentional. It's meant to center blackness. There is nothing white about this film. It kind of reminds me of, you know, how like that every t- once in a while that like Toni Morrison interview resurfaces where there's like a um, an interviewer and it's like uh, at some point, aren't you going to have to write about white people? And Toni Morrison's like, do you, you don't know how profoundly racist that statement is. Like you don't ask white people those questions. Like mm-hmm. why is there a world where there are no people mm-hmm. of color or black people? Right. And so I think like that was like a lot of the critical reaction to it was like not being able to stomach or understand. Like if we're seeing a world that is all black people, we need to see it like it needs to be like in the projects. It needs to be cabrini green it needs to be suffering it needs, you know that's like the no but i'm serious that's like the movies that pe- people were comfortable seeing all black people without white people but it, if it is people just kind of enjoying life and being wealthy and affluent and having culture and but they didn't need sort of a white gaze or lens on that then i think that was pretty difficult for critics in 1992 to really accept or understand to be fair i wouldn't even mean like let's look at most of the critics these days they may not use the same vocabulary they may not use the same terminology but look what they reward look what they valorize i think that like i i told and we're going to talk about this romance part because that's like a big kind of critique that i share with misan but i do think that there was this sort of for lack of a better word racist sort of discomfort with the movie because it explicitly did not center whiteness at all oh yeah 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 I can I can see that, but yeah, continue. I maintain that it's not a good movie. Yeah, okay. which is a shame because I think there's a lot of there are a lot of elements there to make it a good movie, and it just doesn't. Like so I saw some of the reviews, like some of the reviews I saw, maybe because they're like newer and they were not like set in 1992, yeah. and they had to like rewrite them to sound less racist. Yeah, but the reviews that I looked up, I saw, I saw some from like 2008. Maybe they're like going back to look at yeah. it in 2011. I'm sure the 1992 reviews were actually more sort of like rife with all sorts of like microaggressions mm-hmm. not even microaggressions like actual like <laughs> macro like aggression aggressions and just pure racism i'm sure they were full of that but like a lot of the points were about you know it not some of the comedy not landing well like the some of the funniest parts were honestly this the thanksgiving scene yeah. is grace jones it's like they don't come they, they don't come from eddie like he's like not like and i know he's not meant to be the funny person in yeah. the movie but like it just was not I don't know how to this like something just didn't work, you know, and we can get into it. But I just like I like I can understand why people enjoyed watching it and seeing it. But I stand by it not being a good movie. Yeah. And I think I don't I think for me, it's never the question of like, is it a good movie or not? I think for me, what I I didn't always concede, but I have to concede is like I think it's a rom-com and I think it's like a black rom-com. And I understand why people would put it in the canon, even though it's maybe not my favorite or best example, you know? 
I think it's attempting to be a okay. rom com. I don't think. Well, it's the rom-com. thing is, there's okay, so there isn't a template for in that time period. There really isn't a template. It's kind of creating the template. It is the proto. See, that's why, Sue, I don't agree. I think there's a clear, like, for a rom- something to be a romantic comedy that lands well, I think there's a clear, sort of, like, there are clear beats that you have those to are- land. Um, and, I, and, and, I, and, and, I, and I respect someone trying to create something out of whole cloth to try to get there and maybe, like, running and not succeed, like, sort of, like, going for it and not succeeding at it. I just don't, th- it doesn't, like, there are reasons why some romantic comedies resonate yeah. and, like, or, like, you know, make the attempt to and some don't. And Boomerang has never resonated with me, um, partially probably because, like, aside from, like, Jacqueline being, like, this bad bitch that I think is, like, so cool and, like, great to see, like, a character like that that is, like, beyond sort of, like, maybe your goody two-shoes, like, black character. Like, someone that's just, like, just, like, fine being, like, a man-eater mm-hmm. and is still really good at her job. Like, it's just, like, he's not a bad person. It's just, like, her life is her life yeah. and she creates it the way she creates it. I think the movie does a really good job of, like, creating, like, sort of, like, people that are interesting and feel like oh i've never seen this yeah. before like i think that like jacqueline i had never seen before i found her very interesting to watch i found it very compelling but like romantic comedy no okay so why me. don't you tell us like what the beats are and like where the movie missed i think the, for the beats for there to be a romantic comedy like it can't be completely like the movie starts in a centered upon marcus being like this dog yeah. right that like dogs at woman like it even starts with like bar- what is it like whenever he sees a woman is like this like growl or bark what is it like a, some like so, like yeah, do you guys know what soundtrack. i'm talking about like if he yeah. sees like someone like, yeah oh, yeah okay yeah like in the wow, soundtrack wow, it's like oh yeah you know like every like every yeah, time yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, exactly. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. it's becomes like it's like the the constant like sort of motif yeah. right which is funny um but it's so but it's about marcus and he's like like this dog that's like dogging people out dogging women out we don't even see who like you know who his actual like real love interest is going to be until like closer towards like maybe an hour yeah. or so into the movie. It's a uh, movie's almost two it's hours, almost right? So point. we've seen Marcus like go through all of these. Yeah. We've seen Marcus go through all of these sort of things where he's like, just like, you know, what is love? Like, I don't believe in love, blah, 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 blah. And so like, for me, if I'm watching a romantic comedy and if you're going to have the character that is like sort of the male lead, spend the first half of the movie sort of being like an unrepentant womanizer which is fine and entertaining like this is like the cool dude and Mm -hmm. is good at his job and he's you know going through all of that i have a hard time buying that person when you're going to at the end of the movie now telling me that this is sort of like the person's going to have this like happy for now because it probably is going to be happy for now or happily ever after sort of story with the woman that ends up being you know his like partner that he chooses right Halle berry comes into the scene she's not she doesn't come in the same way that like Jacqueline yeah, comes in, right? Like Jacqueline comes agree. in and he's like immediately see like he seizes upon her. He's like, oh my God, she's amazing. This is who I want. Blah, 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 blah. The love that he has with Halle Berry is like quieter and doesn't make it like, you know, like I would have liked for that to have a bit more sort of like heft being put towards it for me to buy it. Because like at the end of the day, it sort of feels like Jacqueline dogged him out. And then he had to, and then he like his work suffered, so he had to sort of pick himself up. And like Angela helped pick him up, and so then he and Angela like are able to become better, sort of connected. And then Jacqueline comes back, and he goes running to her again. And then like you know, suddenly he's like, oh, I really need Angela. I really need Angela, but I, and I love her. I'm like, do you love her? And also like the makeup scene at the end is like the most like, if you're gonna like have a male character like screw up the way he did monumentally, give me a good grovel. Not you and I talk about it. like yeah. you know like if you're like it's the beats like. He screws up. 
we buy that he's really into the female lead. That's what, like, if she's the lead uh, and his, like, main interest, we buy, like, we buy that they're really into each other and something happens and then he has to, like, grovel. That grovel, that was, like, the weakest grovel I've ever seen. So I'm left at the end of the movie and, like, wow, okay, so she just, like, capitulated so quickly for this guy that's a clear dick. Um, and as they're le- walking, he's like looking, checking out other women. <laughs> Not that you can't check out other women if you're with someone, yeah. but like at least check them out together. Like, oh my God, like her butt is like, you know, insane. Do you see like, oh my God, I wish I had her boobs, but you know, something like, and like have that be a conversation. Like maybe it feels a little bit like dehumanizing, but like have it be more of that than like, he's checking around and she's like, I know you're not doing that. Like that's the big love. Yeah, I will say, I I don't actually disagree with you. I think rather, but I don't think it's so much that it doesn't hit the beats. It's like, I think to what you said before, it's really pacing for me, right? So like the idea of a man being like, an awful unrepentant womanizer like that happens in like certain movies right like you think of like what women want or things yeah. like that right but I think what thing you mentioned that is key and I I rewatched this movie and I I'm someone who's willing to accept like Boomerang is a rom-com I think it's in the black canon I don't it's not my favorite and I think the biggest reason is because we have all these really interesting characters but we spend the first hour on a lot of we just spend a lot of time on things that like then I think take away from like developing the relationship between Marcus and Angela. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of that is yeah. told in shorthand. Yeah. Right. Like like literally we see where their bond comes from because they're watching TV and he's she's like, you're a Trekkie. I'm a Trekkie. And it's like, oh, yeah. but like I, that, yeah. I, that was a moment where I was like, oh, they're both kind of like nerdy and like a little offbeat. Like I wish I saw more moments where that was like being built out. Do you know what I mean? Like I just felt like there was like a lot mm-hmm. of potential there. But so you'll, you'll get your turn. Hold on. <laughs> there was like a lot of a lot because I, I know you're going to have some stuff to say. So just remember it. But like I he's waiting. So I know I I I really did feel like it was undercooked. Like, I think it was, there's something there, but like the love part was undercooked. Right. And then to your point, I did not like his, like his groveling at the end. Like, I think like he, like I it totally, like, so I, I think it makes sense. The beats, right? Like there's a guy, he's a womanizer. He meets, and I actually think it's an interesting concept. He meets a woman who like kind of flips it on its head. And so it makes him feel like realize kind of what he's been doing to women. And, and he also learns like, wow, like this is what it feels like to be in love. Then he meets like another woman who like he can actually practice that love with. He messes up, right? Like that feels like the beats of a movie, right? And then there's like a third act redemption scene Mm -hmm. where he gets back with her. The problem is that like it like all that stuff was super truncated at the end in terms of like the meeting Angela and then the redemption. And we got so much of him and Jacqueline, which was like really compelling. But if this, the love stories between him and Angela, like they have given us so much more screen time and weight to the relationship between him and Jacqueline. I would have, I think I would have liked the movie better if him and Jacqueline, you know, sort of like two can play that game. Sort of like if it ended up becoming like a two can play that game sort of story, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Honestly. I I just feel like for the woman he falls in love with, we didn't actually get to see much development. But I thought that either relationship could have been compelling. It's just like it kind of didn't know what it wanted to do. I think it was more interested in the Jacqueline um, Marcus dynamic. But it also, like, thought that, like, it makes sense to have this redemption arc. So we have the Angela character. But that was super rushed through, in my opinion. Now, yeah. Boom Sue. Yeah. Do you, do you remember you. Uh, remember that summer in 97? We rented that Martin Lowe. Oh, God. Uh, a Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Yes. That was, that is quintessentially like that what, like, Martin kind of fixed a lot of the problems from this film. Like, Martin took Boomerang and... I like that movie because, better than Boomerang. And so, actually. going back to that, it's 
it is really that it's, it's the same beats essentially right but the part yeah. that you know the the late suave ladies man who's just constantly being a player meets a woman that's like hey you know i'm i'm a challenge for you but oh really the one that i should have been with is the more how do i put this politely um down to earth let's yeah, say yeah yeah down down to earth yeah the more you know down to earth the more rustic female you know not that i'm calling harry halliberry rustic there's no world anywhere in this universe <laughs> that Halle. They tried to make her rustic with those Bruh. weird hats, though. Bruh. They really were. They like, really tried it. They like, really tried it with those weird whoever hats. Whoever the costume designer is, they should have won an Oscar. Are you trying? It's like, is it supposed to be a koofy? Yeah. Like, kind of a koofy? Like, are but you trying to make her like be like a female hotel? <laughs> like, I'm ready for her to start talking about like sort of like pulling, what's that guy's name? Oh, what's brother, the one that Dr. like? Uma? Yeah, like talk about grand rising. And yeah, S- you know uh, what I mean. S- uh, like, the who's, who's the person? Who's the person always like this is going to African? This is going to Africans only live stream. Whoever says Dr. that, Uma? I'm blanking on his name right now. That guy, I felt that she was exactly. I thought she was like a, you know a Doctor Umar, like a uh, sort of a predecessor of Doctor Umar with those weird hats. I'm like, why is this beautiful woman wearing them constantly? Is she trying to hide her beauty? And then finally at the end, they like let her Which, you know shine. Sorry, yeah. like ahead, that's one of the things that my criticism of this film is that. Jesus help me for this. I have um, <laughs> never thought that Halle Berry's a great actress. She does. I she uh, does well. In, I would agree. She does so. well because that okay. those last scenes it was so painful. Give me one reason <laughs> I should. Is it, is it Halle Berry's fault, uh, or is it fact? Uh, is it Halle's fault, or is the fact that their chemistry sort of like falls apart? I don't the chemistry know. between like, I Eddie tell. and Robin Gibbons is just phenomenal there is just like it's it, it, that's the they should have had a they should yeah. have had a been they that should have been like and this is what i would say like at least like maybe the lot like because you know a love triangle is supposed to be like compelling where you can tell like, either, either one side, yeah like and i think they tr- either one could win out and i think they do a, like a pretty good job of trying to make that happen but like it should have like this movie is so much better if jacqueline's who who uh, eddie murphy ends up with because like, they're, really they're both i they're mean both toxic to, assholes. they're both toxic and exactly but i also to bozu's point and we don't have to get into this holly berry is beautiful and she's done movies that are very good oh my god she's stunning but But she's not in her peak like they she's not in her peak beauty yeah but they they purposely she's not necessarily like my favorite on-screen person like in terms of acting like performances right robin givens Mm -hmm. like she that the charisma and what she brings to that character it's it's crazy crazy, right and eddie murphy also has so so much charisma and so like to see Mm. these two people and it's the chemistry but they're like and bozu we've talked about this on previous episodes i think what like creates chemistry is sort of like like people kind of want to independently sleep with each person but then you also buy what it is about the other person that makes the other person kind of click tick right and so like either mm-hmm, and, e- mm-hmm. and and that i think they 100 totally. epitomize that right and i think that's what the challenge of the movie is it's almost like if i were like watching this or editing it i was like we need to redo this and make this a jacqueline because th- that's like a jacqueline marcus story because that's like where all the energy is do you know what i mean oh, yeah like it's just all like yeah <laughs> to go back to my other good point to go back to my point about point. the chemistry thing Mar- uh martin lawrence david allen greer and eddie murphy have more of a chemistry than eddie murphy and Angela, like it's, it's yes, very, they do. It's very, like there is a, oh, totally. there is a platonic, undoubtedly, a undoubtedly, between those three, those three brothers right there that you could tell 
they genuinely cared for each other. Even that it's a yeah. it's a rush scene when they make up. Yeah. I get it that it's only we only spend like what it's about two minutes of screen yeah. time of uh it's less than actually it's about like a minute and change of him it's yeah, yeah him it's coming up, up then going to the rooftop yeah, and having yeah. like hey look i'm sorry i love you man i love you man you're my you're like my brother and all those things but it 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 it's it's really really like evocative that yes i can see me doing that with one of my boys because yeah you buy it. i've messed up some of my boys have messed up but yet we all come back from each other but yet when he goes you know groveling as some people would say or when i would say win back his lady go me um mm-hmm. she's just <laughs> not go you <laughs> i'm sorry you both of you are just gonna let that slide <laughs> go me and then you just keep talking <laughs> what did he say go me I'm i thought sorry. i didn't know the listeners could hear whatever he <laughs> said I had to call that out. I apologize. Continue though. Win back as a lady, as you were saying. Marcus, justice. I will get you justice, Marcus. I will get you justice. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, no, to go back to, you know, to grovel, right? That scene, it should be. Mm-hmm. The script doesn't help them. I concede that completely. Like, just because the way the writing, that part doesn't help. Fair. But good actors can Fair. overcome mediocre subpar scripts. Yeah. Eddie is still very, very charming yeah. in that part. Halle Berry goes from, I am angry. Now I am <laughs> concerned. Less angry. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like she's doing it by the numbers. And in other scenes, she's like, she's really acting. She puts a lot of effort into what she's doing. But in that last scene. I, I don't know if she was tired. Yeah, I, she was ready yeah. to go. A, I don't know what it was, yeah. but it was not giving. It was not giving us. Thing. And I was like, is this maybe that they filmed this first and therefore that's why the chemistry is so damn low on this? It, or whatever it was. Possible. But it's, but so part of that, like that last scene, I've always had problems with it. Like the last two scenes. I mean, the last yeah. scene, the very last yeah. scene, I don't really have a problem with, but the lead up to like her being the boss lady thing. Yeah. It doesn't really hit for yeah. me. And then him coming in to be like, I love you type of thing. It does. Her response doesn't really hit for me. Yeah, I think what I also what I kind of guess is that I think she was supposed to be like, I'm like dead eyed now because I like I'm closing myself off and I'm like a cold person. And so she's trying to play like a woman who Mm. isn't cold, trying to pretend to be cold. And I think maybe it just reads us a little flat. You know what I I, mean? 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. So like I think it it was just but but I think. I, I basically I don't disagree with you, Visa. Like I, I, I actually I, I but I think for me I just feel like the movie had a lot of the elements there, but it was like a matter of like yeah. fleshing it out and pacing that I agree like yeah, the romance the, yeah. is not what sells. Oh yeah, it. yeah. But yeah, I think it's a, yeah because like but like the lines like seminal black movie like why like the lines like you know Grace Jones exposing her vagina Steel to pussy. Yeah. at like a diner the dinner table. <laughs> Yeah, you know, going on and on about that, you know, like, um, uh, what is it? Love should have brought your ass home last night. Uh, uh, John with her coordinate, her name. I can't coordinate, coordinate. Yeah, bang, bang, like, bang, and bang. then the mushroom, and yeah. then like, had like having sex with the bathroom. Yeah, like all that sort of stuff. Hilarious comedy. Love whoa, whoa, it. Hold on, great. Got one but other, the rest one of, the classic of it, line. you know. First, what? the, the boys break up, and now this. Oh! I, love that one. <laughs> I do Bone remember tea. that. I do remember and, that. I actually didn't. Make, and, 
actually didn't mimic yeah and then also just like in terms of like we talked about the black glamour we also talked about like and i mean i'm sure you appreciated this like the fact that they were like hanging out in harlem right before that like the mainstream world knew that that's where bougie black people like to (laughs) to hang out yeah before like (laughs) prime video before everybody started making this like corny every like every series about harlem now it's like what is it run the world in harlem yeah run the world in harlem corniest things in the world it's so upsetting at least this is like this movie is not corny do i love it no but this movie is not not corny i think it's also a time before like black content didn't have to be so (laughs) i'm gonna sound like a hater but really corny (laughs) you think like a lot of what we see is like trash yeah that's fair (laughs) i i mean and sometimes it feels like it's not necessarily you know what it is it feels like sometimes black things are like made quote unquote for black people but there's a sense there's an awareness of the white gaze right like whether it's going to be like who's yeah like it's like a tutorial yeah it's a tutorial you know I mean? like almost you, like oh now that i've said this this is what this means like here when we could have sort of like a hotep for our audience is and we're yeah. like no just Google. or it's like a, fine look up maybe don't look up dr umar though <laughs> yeah, don't no, look dr. Umar's a real one. but it's also yeah, don't look that up and, I, and we and this and this podcast is not condone anything. or you know sort of <laughs> agree with dr umar i need to make that disclaimer <laughs> i mean this is presently an africans only sort of live stream yeah, recording basically. but it is not a doctor well <laughs> but I, I i what i what i do think to your like your point the reason why this movie isn't corny is because it was made for the black gays only like this was made like and, yeah, and i think yeah. that's where the translation like kind of can get, be off with thing yeah. other content sometimes I'll yeah. piggyback off that point. If you look at a lot okay. of the post this film, a lot of the leading characters, the male, the black le- black male leading characters, yeah. they have a little bit of corniness to them. Like for example, yeah. Harper in The Best Man. Harper's quintessentially a cornball. The uh, in yeah. um, the hood again. I don't know if it's Tay Diggs, but that character has a lot of yeah. I'm it's so, not, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it might be it might be Tay Diggs because that never happened to what's Omar, his face. Morris um, oh Chestnut, who is the guy that Omar Epps? Yeah, Morris Chestnut. That or Omar Epps. That never. I never see corniness yeah, in Omar Epps Dick. or Morris Chestnut. Honestly, it's yeah. not in like it's, it might just be Tay Diggs. They, like they code, not the like same the, way. When it's uh, so, for example, um, Omar Epps in Love and Basketball. While he's cool, like he's a you know he's a baller and everything. There's yes. still a little bit of corniness to him because he's not that rough and tough. Like, but throughout this film. There is nothing qu- even like yeah. when he's watching. Marcus isn't rough no, and tough. Even though. when he's watching um, Star Trek, which you'd be like, "Oh, he's nerding out." Yeah, he does it in a way that's like, "Wow, I am still sophisticated." Yeah, it still seems chill. Yeah, in a way, I know it's actually interesting. It's actually like it's a hard balance to strike to do that when you're talking about like you know Spock and like Captain Kirk and whatever. But somehow he like yeah. and says, "Oh, I probably I'm a Trekkie." Yeah, like somehow and he doesn't like my like this is Michael Jordan's heyday, and he does not care about watching Jordan play back, yeah. play the Knicks. You know when Michael Jordan's like had the best performance is awesome. Often yeah, we don't have in, we, like, don't have to talk about, we don't have to talk about that. Let's just move on to my care. <laughs> But he, he does not care about that. And then, and that's and like you would think that would make you be like, oh, what kind of black dude is this? But it doesn't matter. Like, it's exactly. just like oh, whatever. He's still like, yeah. A cool, and like al- a cool, also, cool I'm, dude. I think this is really interesting because, you know, like I always think about how like younger black kids now, I think they're lucky in a way because there's so much more permission to like embody blackness in so many different ways. There's blurred. Mm-hmm. There's like black mm-hmm. emo. There's all this stuff that we didn't have when we were growing up. Right. There was this kind of unified idea of like yeah. this is what it means to be black unless you're corny. Right. And Marcus is a character yeah. that somehow sort of like toes the line he's able to like embody like 
cool black masculinity while not necessarily like hitting all like the marks of black masculinity right so Bonsu's talking about how he's really mm -hmm, fussy mm -hmm. he doesn't care about sports he cares yeah. about what he wears he cares about making his salmon he watches Star Trek right but yeah. he somehow gives permission to, like to black men to be like mm -hmm. a little like almost deviate a little from like what was thought to be like hard or like this is like cool or this is like yeah. you know and so he is an interesting character in that way you know who he kind of reminds me of? He kind of reminds me of Marcus from, um, oh my God, what is the, like, what's that, what's the anthology that got canceled on HBO Max? Uh, um, Love Life. Of, on Love Life. He kind of reminds me of, wasn't it, isn't Marcus on Love Life? He's less, on Love yeah, Life. but he's less cool. He's less He's cool. less cool, but he's sort of like, they're, like, I can see sort of like, now that I think about it, and now that we've sort of talked about it a bit more, and I've heard and gotten like Bonsu's perspective, I can see like a lot of different elements of like this like Marcus Graham character all the way from '92, and like the mm. very sort of black male characters we see in different pieces of content. I hadn't realized like how sort of how much of an impact he might have he must he might have had on a certain generation and sort of people that are writing these different people. But like yeah. I see elements of him now and like you know especially because considering we hadn't seen someone like that before right uh to my knowledge yeah. right um i can see elements of him now and sort of like the, the different sort of pieces of content that we've talked about on this podcast and you know and maybe but like maybe sort of less sort of successfully done because there's a corniness to each of them uh but it's interesting yeah. i hadn't thought i hadn't thought about that sort of like level of impact until like bonsu mentioned and i also and i also actually don't think corniness is bad right like some people are no not at all i mean like diverse in different ways yeah but but it was almost like the way that you could be black and on screen in 1992 was limited and so it's almost like eddie murphy and the writers took like sort of they're like what is like what is the most we can do or how's the yeah. what's the most we can deviate and then what can we add back to marcus to make it acceptable right and yeah. so it was our ability to have like a black lead who just like when you like look on paper does it could be a very corny guy right or like yeah. the butt of the joke you know yeah he's not all right finally sorry once it's your turn <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, i was gonna make I was, it's gonna be also like it's gonna be a tangent but i was gonna point out that family matters with urkel and stefan or stefan i was i literally was oh, thinking oh that's Urkel. a good I, yeah <laughs> that's a good point but, i like that point that's a good but, one no no i'll let you no, know continue. I'll, I'll, I'll no on. continue Ex no, but I always no, say that, that no, was literally my it, thought. No, yeah, yeah. You know, that the dichotomy of like between being a nerd and being cool, that he has to literally split himself up to be like, hey, mm -hmm. I'm going to clone myself, but I'm going to inject it with this other part of me that mm -hmm. has all these trappings of it. And it's like, he is a, a Marcus Graham clone, if you will, because he's a cool guy, yeah. he's suave, he speaks well, dresses well, he's with it. I mean, granted, he's not a bad dancer, like, because I'm so sorry, but that dancing scene was so awful. And a friend of mine who... <laughs> in Louisiana. Yeah, a friend of mine told me actually like, how it's done. I didn't know this till about four or five years ago. It's clicks. Yeah, it's they, clicks. They, yeah, they do, yeah, they do the sound afterwards, so you're just dancing to whatever, and they'll put, lay something after. So I was like, how was he this offbeat? Like, dear God. That was... Oh, not my Marcus yeah. Graham. <laughs> not, not mine. <laughs> That's when it was. I was like, all right, who Marcus is still the, you know, he's. He, I love how you <laughs> had to find an explanation. It was, it was like plaguing your thoughts it for did. decades. That's what you got it in. Yo, B, damn. <laughs> my man's is just throwing his arms 
something like it's on that, you know on the ones and the threes and not the twos and the fours and I'm like, but Robin Gibbons was still on point. <laughs> that woman, Robin she did Gibbons, not know how not to be cool. Can we just take a second? Can we I, just let's, take a let's talk about her because I feel about <laughs> her is how I feel about Michelle. I feel about Michelle Pfeiffer we, in one just, fine day. Can, hold on, yes, one second, Gibbons. Robin Gibbons. Okay, All right, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm giving it up point. to her. Just giving it oh. up to her. Oh, just clapping. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. Robin Gibbons. Can we talk about the background a little? This was like really interesting casting, right? Because this was coming off of the Mike Tyson interview. Yeah. This is coming off the Mike Tyson interview, which in retrospect, this is just women, like how people hated women in the 90s. Because for some reason, (laughs) for some reason, Robin Gibbons gets on TV, for those who don't know. And there's an interview. Who is it? Was it Diane Sawyer? Or one of those people. Oh, Barbara Walters. Okay. Baba Walla. I'm calling R.I.P. God bless the day. R.I.P. I'm calling her that. (laughs) R.I.P. And it's like her and Mike Tyson. And she basically reveals, because they had been married. I don't remember. It was a pretty short marriage. Yeah, like 18 like months a year. Yeah, 18 months yeah. or something. Yeah. And yeah. we find out that, like, he is bipolar, right? Or has bipolar disorder. And he was, she says that he was abusing her. He beat her and all these other things. And somehow America walks away. And, like, let's be honest, black America. And they're like, she ain't, yeah, she ain't her. shit. <laughs> She's such she a gold digger. She's horrible. Like, oh, my God. They hated that they woman. They hated her. <laughs> And oh I don't my know God. Why. They even made jokes about her getting beat up yes. by Mike Tyson. And people, yes. everybody was laughing. It's to crazy. Be There's no to the be fair here. Were, you know, <laughs> the 90s were a wild time. I mean, the 90s, I mean, Nana, we talked about this in the last episode. The 90s were a time where people knew they had to hate Hillary Clinton, but didn't know why they had to hate her. Um, yeah. Like, you know, Robin, like, they're like, oh, I just hate this bitch because she likes cookies or something um, yeah. or doesn't want to bake cookies. Um, Robin Givens, like, I hate her because she's an abuse victim, but she, like, also likes money and she's pretty bitch. You know what I mean? Like, but it's, it's also like the 90s were crazy. And she, but. She ruined him, but it was also. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was her yes. fault. That's right. It was her fault right. that he lost. Not that. <laughs> but, like, also just right. kind of going. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. Like, why would we think. And who knows? Maybe she liked his money. I doubt it. I don't know. But, like, it wasn't like she had this, like. It's like there was no bio that you could have to be good enough for people because this woman had graduated from Harvard when she was like 16. She had been working since she was like a teenager, right? She had a career of her own and a name for herself. Out of the freaking class. She had an ABC sitcom. Like, are you joking? But somehow she was still a gold digger. So this was a a long roundabout way of saying that uh, like black America – speaking very broadly of course but there was this general sense of people did not like robin Givens, kind of like the hillary clinton yeah. thing that um misan's yeah. talking about and they put her in this movie and i think it was i, I don't remember if it was, i think it was the director who was like actually let's i think this will actually make it better yeah it let's was it was this. him Reg- yeah. yeah reggie Reg- Hudlin. he said yeah. that yeah he said he was that like he let's won- go with this it and it's and it's great casting because it's like she is playing that she wolf that you don't like to you're, you don't want to like. And I would guess that like in her performance, she's like, if people aren't going to like me, then let me just do this. You know what I mean? And like so she just yeah. went in and it was like it was almost like a no F's given kind of performance. Yeah, she crushes it, man. She's so good. Like, I, I want her to win the guy. And she was supposed to be like the bad person in the triangle. Like, yeah, no offense wh- to Angela. Yeah, watching like with the 2020s lens, it's like this woman could dress. This woman had expensive lingerie that she's just willing to throw on after a flight and a, a beautiful And she's coat. so good at her job. <laughs> like she she's beat out so good Marcus Graham, who clearly seems to be who's also very good at his job. She and she just and she was like 
unflappable. That's what I really liked about her. Like Marcus would be acting crazy, things would be going crazy at work, and she just kind of always yeah, just kept it cool. Because remember, yeah, like when um, remember when Spongey, who I guess we have to talk about here in a bit, um, yeah. says like you know, like yeah, she starts should. to throw yeah. a temper tantrum, like she's gonna leave and she's not gonna go to the Caribbean. She's yes. like, yes, Spongey, yeah. I will yeah. take back the two million we paid you. Oh, sorry, the one point two, the one million, one million two, one, the one million yeah, two. 1. She 2. says literally says yeah, 1, million one million two, two yeah. back, and I will sue for everything else you have. And she says it very cool. And there's no like, she's not yeah. like, I'm angry. Yeah. I'm doing very it. Like, she's calmly. like, no. And she smiled the whole time. It's like, that settles it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and Saranjay's like, okay, I guess I'll be <laughs> in the Caribbean. And Saranjay's like, what? Well, bitch. <laughs> she's like, I'm the <laughs> Yeah, she did. Oh my God. Grace Jones is having way Dude. too much fun in this. Role. She's having Dude. too like, much fun. Her <laughs> entrance. Having the best her entrance. Time. Yes. Yeah. Much. Oh mean. my God. Grace freaking you know. Jones. <laughs> after birth. Did you say bath or birth? Yeah, I know. B R T H. My English is not so good. <laughs> and then she gets mad because she said he's yeah. making fun of her accent. It's like, yeah. bro, we can't understand but what also, you're saying. You say you trying to call a perfume after birth? Uh, and then obviously Eartha Kitt, yes. yeah, Lady Eloise. Like I know she's not in that for that much, Lady- but it is oh. Earth. It, it is the quintessential Eartha Kitt, sultry, yes. seductive. Oh but the thing is, so, but they flip it on its head. So cool. It's like, look, she doesn't recognize that she's no longer that bad bitch. But we're, but yes, however, yeah. it's not made to. We're not. It's not making fun of her. It's making fun of the situation. And so, like, no, it's one of those things all, so you can appreciate her. You yeah. know, we can be, like, give her her flower and we can yeah. all appreciate her for who she is. But at the same time, it's like, wow, an old lady trying to take advantage. And then, you know, Mark is like, I had to do what? He has to hide it throughout the whole film. So it's... Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's the butt of yeah. the joke, not her. Exactly. I think was well done. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think I liked how... And this is going to the the idea of, like, it being kind of, like, an in-joke with black people. Like, I think... People like Eartha Kitt and Grace Jones could be made to be kind of yeah. ridiculous, right? In the yeah. outside world and sometimes, but there was like such like a love for them there, and so it's almost like acting them, asking them to be playing like parodied version of of themselves yeah. is like acknowledging, right? That like this is like what the world sees you as, but we understand like this is a thing that you've like meticulously and consciously brought, and that's like what makes yeah. you iconic, you know? And so I do appreciate like I think there are a lot of really interesting like casting choices that is probably part of what makes this movie legendary yeah yeah in that way or seminal rather i agree i agree it's like celebrating them and sort of like sort of the personas they've had in like you know pop culture yes like having that sort of just be like you know recorded on screen for posterity in a cool way exactly and before um and then the last thing before we even get done i have to give her her flowers is yvonne the nosy slash messy neighbor Oh, Tisha Campbell. Oh, my God. She's hilarious. <laughs> that, when she has girl, the sign, what did the sign say? <laughs> He's a doll. Like, it's. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, she's so and, funny. And, like, she just, they keep going back to her. And each time it's still funny. <laughs> no, because I, I think the, the she's kind of playing the classical chorus, the role of the chorus. You know, yeah, telling yeah, the audience, the like, chorus. this yeah. is who he yeah. is. Yeah. I am yeah. letting yeah. you know, you know, and yeah. so it's, but the way that she does it in that last scene where it's like, you want to come over and he, like, you want to come over and have some coffee? And he's like, 
not even Jesus was pouring. <laughs> Some people don't even know a good thing when it's right in front of their face. You know, and it's kind of like, huh? So this whole time you were saying that he ain't shit. You slide a thing because you him. wanted him for yourself. Exactly. Or at least, a, or, he, or she wanted to bang him one more time. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, and I. But I will say, like, a character, and this is where the movie's a little complicated, right, and it's, like, legacy, is, like, there is a little bit of, I think, laughing at some of the black women that he was, like, yeah, dogging, definitely, right? Definitely. And I feel like Tisha, and that, like, she's an ex- example of, like, yeah. they made her a bit ridiculous. Like, she, yeah. they were, and, and I don't know if it was, like, in on the joke the way we were talking about yeah, it being, her. like, no, this one, I'm, this one, just not, this one, she's not in on the joke. This one, she is the butt of the joke. Yeah. But the, but the one thing I will say that this film, I'm, kind of very proud of is that one this is gonna I don't it's a sound it's not I'm not trying to be classist here but they don't try to trivialize and be like you know the they don't play too much into stereotypes per se even Gerard's parents who was from Mm, the south they they bring in the chitlins and everything they don't play like hey look at these crazy black people from the south they do crazy things even though like she's wearing a coat with a rabbit fur on it even though she brings a a bucket of chitlins, all those things. That was a huge bucket. It sure too. was. Goodness. I was like, "Wow, you that feed it's for four people, all that for chitlins, or sorry, six people." That that's, all, that's too a much lot of for six yeah, people. Left, yeah, you know, leftovers. Yeah. And even when he goes to the the when he goes to see the show and Jacqueline doesn't show up and the guy the the person working in the movie thing, that might be the yeah. only yeah. part where I kind of felt like that might be the only part where they kind of played into stereotypes just a little bit because he's the guy that was yeah. the phone. So I think that's that he uses the n word. With the with the hard A, yeah. not the soft yeah. ER. Yeah. I think you use the with an yeah. A, you know. Yeah. That's but that's the one time yeah. you, I think you hear that word <laughs> yeah. in the film. But I actually also feel like I don't like I think why when a movie is made for a black gaze, like the stereotypes they don't sort of translate. They're not they don't read as the in the same way, right? And so with the parents from the south, like you have Gerard, who's this like urbane guy yeah. who like has a, clearly a good job or whatever. But like also we are that, but we are also people who have like people in the South or what do I mean? And I think that's what the movie was saying. It's like, it was showing you all these different types of blackness and kind Mm. of showing it as like a sort of a, from like a communal lens rather Mm. than this, this exemplifies and this is what black, all black people are. This is what all black people are. It's like, these are the different shades of blackness. And I think that comes from like being again, made for a black gaze. Yeah. Like it's intercommunity. Cause even like Yvonne, the Tisha Campbell character, she's not, the loud, aggressive neighbor per se. She does. She's not a like, even though she's yelling, but she's not loud. If that makes sense. Be- well, also she lives in that neighborhood. She has money. Yeah, like right? she's his neighbor. Yeah, she's like just next <laughs> yeah. door, and she ha- also she has she's enough time. To- she makes enough money to have enough time to be like up to like harass his dates. Yes, you know. exactly. Clearly, she's not struggling. It's exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it was. So you know, uh, I, I, I get it that there are some flaws. This is not a perfect film by any imagination, and. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and there's homophobia, there's transphobia, oh, there's some sure. misogyny, oh, yeah. and all the stuff that but happens. Stuff you would expect 90s. from 1992, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So, but that. um, but other than, outside of that though, I do I do appreciate it for what it is. And I think Eddie even like they were even wearing like the black colleges the t-shirt because I think see that Howard. Yes, Howard they was wearing a yeah, Howard, so Howard Yeah, I like yeah. that. I they like had that all. Though, so that was yeah, you know that era. It really did speak to that era that hey. We can do we can do bad by ourselves. Exactly. Black excellence. Yeah, yeah, yeah a yeah. black excellence era. Totally. The last thing, and I won't 
I won't spend too much time on it, but I would be remiss if I don't say this was such a fire soundtrack. Oh, God. oh my God. So this was the time period. Oh, my God. PM so Don. This is where End of the yes. Road, you remember? This was on oh that soundtrack. God. I think That's there were clips. So and this was the time where, you know, they would put clips of the, the movies. The movie, in yes. The in the music videos. videos. Yes. Yeah. I missed that. I missed that. <laughs> I missed that. And it was by LaFace. So it was like, of course, Babyface and L.A. Babyface were really like heavy, like, heavily produced. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a and good so soundtrack. I think it kind of, it's such a good, so if you think about this as like sort of like, I don't know, I, I can't really think of the word, but like if we're like thinking of it as like a black cultural centerpiece, like you have it from like the, the celebrities and the icons, you have it from like just being a movie, and then you also have it as like a music, the, from the music, yeah, right? And so I think it just point. kind of pervades the culture in so many different ways. Oh, so absolutely. True, so like, true. The Love Should Have Brought You, oh my love should have brought you Home by, uh, what's her name? Tony, um, Bra Tony Braxton. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's the one that yes. still still hits. Oh my oh my god, I have to listen to that now. It's oh it, it's worth it. It's worth just sitting down and listening. It's like the finest R and B. And then we have like random tribe called Quest. Like it, it's such a good soundtrack. Yeah, I'm um, looking at it right now. It's so good. It even has wow, these <laughs> Did they have like uh, pull up to my car like the Grace Jones song? Does it yes, they had Grace Jones pull yeah, up. Yeah, they have yeah. Grace Jones. And, and she yeah. said in the car, I was like, that is such a great callback. And that's that kind of goes, yeah. you know to say about what we're talking oh about. They were they were honoring those people because like, hey, look, yes. Grace, yeah. we know you a bad motherfucker, right there. This is for you. <laughs> Part of my French. I didn't mean I didn't mean to cuss. Oh my god, Grace. Jones. That's okay. You can bleep this. I hope. Oh no, we curse on this. It's oh. fine. No, we won't. Let's just be explicit. Right. It's fine. <laughs> if mommy's listening, mommy, right. I don't normally curse. The Nama made me curse. Mommy doesn't listen to this. Don't worry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My parents still listen from time to time, and so they will buy that disclaimer. <laughs> Mom, Dad, he doesn't normally cur curse. It's not his fault. Yes. <laughs> Wait, why is it it's my not fault? Mine's fault? It's not at mine's fault that yes. he's cursing. I didn't even know what that word. <laughs> I'll, 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 I didn't even know what that MF word meant till like about an hour ago. He's never heard it before until he got until he got on this podcast. Yeah. It's crazy. When I go to mass tomorrow, I'll be sure to confess that as part of my uh, my sins. <laughs> You should do that. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. So we, we did so it. We I didn't know. We could, yeah. The three talkers, but we somehow got through that. <laughs> I cannot believe we pulled that off, man. This is going to be a long episode, though. Well, I apologize. I'm really shocked. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, you shouldn't. It's It was going to, like, I'm just telling you what, Bonsu. The fact, like, you coming here, I actually think we might have had to sort of edit, self-edit ourselves. Yeah, yeah. In order to allow yeah. for you to talk, actually. Because yeah. without you here, it would have been this long or okay. longer. So yeah. it's not I appreciate you. that. It's definitely I us. appreciate that. <laughs> um, All right, Nada, you want to do HEAs? Yeah, so, Botsu, just so you know, HEAs is, like, a tie, like, the part of the show where we talk about, like, romance content that is giving us life right now. Um, and so actually, since you're our honored guest, I'll get like you, kick it to you. Do you have any romance content? You go that first. You like? Do you have anything? Yeah. Bruh, I watch NCIS and Law and Order regularly. That's there's not a lot of romance. on. Do you watch The Last of Us? No. That could be something. Do you it's, watch that? Come on, son. No, I'm 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 beyond basic. I'm an old basic. No less. Like I'm they really you have. <laughs> You have no. Are there any romances in NCIS? Ooh. Oh, okay. SV, SV, SVU. So, there's like. Uh, like, spoiler alert for everyone. <laughs> Stabler and Benson, which I was, I'm so against this. They, I've never shipped them. They should not be together. Stabler and Benson. I ship them. I do not. That makes no sense. I have always appreciated the. 
Are they getting together it's been, now? It's been kind Finally? of been hinted. Like there was, there was an episode a couple of weeks ago where they almost kissed, which goes against everything I've always felt. Wow. Really? Yeah. They almost kissed? Bruh. And it was, wow. people got so pissed about it because they didn't kiss. Because if they did a swerve, I don't want to get too much into it. But Kathy died, I want to say two seasons ago, two, um, Kathy is Stabler's wife, so yeah. guys. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I have no oh, idea what you guys are talking SVU. about. Law and Order SVU. The one with... <laughs> Kathy was the whole, uh, Kathy was a, lot, a huge obstacle and people were like, no, Stabler and Ben should be together. Like, he should just divorce his wife. So, but instead, they just, you know, Kathy died. Yeah. So. Okay. Because uh, Stabler's a, you know, devout Catholic and he would never, despite, despite yeah. his violent yeah. actions and his ways of, uh, Despite his <laughs> anger problem, anger management issues, he's still uh, you know, very I was say religious. He's... Is this Mariska Hargitay and Christopher Maloney? Yes. Or are these yes, the characters? Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Not, this is, yeah. come on. I, you guys again. have to clue me in here. What can I say? <laughs> it's pure, you know, that's why I stopped watching SVU a little bit because I was like, okay, I really feel like I've inhaled a lot of this propaganda and I'm tired of it. <laughs> but, wow, I can't believe Stabler and Benson are going to, like, I, maybe kiss in, on the show. I pray, that's crazy. I pray to Allah this is, does not happen because we're, we're to God. I'm going to lead a one-man pro- I'm going to lead a one-man protest in front of Dick Wolf Studios. Be like, how dare you, Dick? He let me okay, down. Okay, so so that's so that's your anti that's your anti that's your anti yes. that you refuse that you are not I do not receive with. it. I do not we'll accept allow it. it. We'll allow it. Return to sender. We'll allow it. We'll allow it. <laughs> so okay, Bisa, do you want to go? <laughs> Sure. Uh, so my HEA is this book. I actually have two. I can decide which ones to do. Uh, so the first is called Flirting with 50 by Jane Porter. Ooh, let me write that it's down. One of, like, I like, but, it's like I started reading notes. some sort of like later in life romances. Like you remember the last one I had mm-hmm. before was like the wedding date or wedding bait or whatever. Yeah. So it's about these two um these two professors, they're in their like late 50s. Um, the woman is this woman, Paige Newsom, who's a professor at a college in Southern California. She like has recently divorced or has got divorced a while ago. And she has three daughters that sort of live all over the place. There's this new hotshot Australian biologist named Jack King, who is coming to be like a guest professor at their campus uh, for like, you know, a semester. And there's going to be like a big trip that they take to sort of Costa Rica after. And, you know, the sort of the administration has like conscripted her to be, you know, his co-professor, his co-teacher. So they might have a history from way back when she was like, you know, uh, a 20 year old and he was like 25 or something in Paris, they might've hooked up and mm-hmm. say they meet each other again, like 30 years later and they still have sparks flying. And like, it's just, it's just such an interesting story to tell because most of the romance novels we tend to read tend to have like, you know, women in their twenties uh, yeah. that are like falling in love with people that are like a little bit older or whatever. And it's like, oh my God, how will they survive if they're 28 and not married with no children, blah, blah, blah. You know, like this is their last chance for love and it was really interesting to read sort of a perspective of people that like have kids that are grown they've gone through divorces they've like had different life experiences they've been married before and now they're like finding love again with each other and like you know uh like i don't know it was really their chemistry was really great it was really interesting really crackling um and you know it was it was just really really spicy in a way that i did not expect but i really enjoyed it so that okay. is flirting with 50 by jane porter and then the second book which is my runner-up but i have to talk about is this book called chick magnet uh, by Emma Berry. And it is starring a woman that is an influencer. Like uh, she has like a YouTube channel and a TikTok channel all about like raising chickens. <laughs> okay. Um, and then she like moves to a small town after having like an embarrassing breakup with her, uh, her ex who was like this YouTuber that basically threw on her to bus for his YouTube channel. And then there's a vet 
uh, that she sort of like falls in love with in the town. And he's like sort of like has had sort of like a hate boner for her for a while because he's like she's like trying to convince people to like raise chickens when they don't have any experience. Like all these chickens die. So like they have sort of this like enemies to lovers Question. thing going on. Uh, it's Question. so it's. Is this based on some Hallmark movie or something yes. like that? No, it's like it's so interesting because it has the elements of like a Hallmark movie, but it's yeah. done like in a way that is like not it's not fluffy or frothy. It actually deals with a lot of sort of like deeper issues like anxiety. Like it's like it's actually gets a bit more serious than you would expect. But their mm. chemistry is really, really interesting. Um, it just came out like maybe like early January. Uh, but Chick Magnet by Emma Berry, like the 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 cover <laughs> the cover is like this dude like shirtless and like he has a clear six pack so like you're not sure what you're getting into when you read it but it's so uh, so good so those interesting. are my so those are my two HEAs uh, flirting with fifty and chick magnet yeah I'm looking at it it looks like a grocery store sort of like romance like, novel yeah but it's it's so much deeper and interesting than that so oh, uh, that's you should check it out. Okay, um, mine HEAs, and I also have two because we just want to make this a long episode today. Yeah, is, why not? Because uh, we're here. Yeah, it's called, uh, it's Love in Other Words by Christina um, Laurent. Misan, have you read this before? Because it's a little older. It's like yes, from a few I years have. ago. Yes. Okay, so yeah. I a few weeks ago I said my HEA was um, Every Summer After, right? Yeah, Carly Fortune. Yeah, by yeah. By yeah. Carly Fortune. The, this is like almost an identical plot. <laughs> And it was written a few she years. Definitely, I should wait. I should not say she definitely, but it, those are there are suspicious similarities. Okay, because <laughs> I, I, I was I was just reading this because I was like if I had gotten a recommendation and like if you liked every summer after, which I loved, you would like love in other words. And so just to give you a, a sense of the plot, there it's starting or it features a woman named Marcy Sorensen who is like um. She lives in San Francisco. She is uh, a, like a pediatric resident and she has a, an older boyfriend who is like secure in life. He's an artist and, you know, he has a, a child and kind of she has like this nice, stable, safe life. She doesn't feel like a lot of fire for her uh, guy and there might be like an eventually fiance, but like she's fine with that. She just is looking for a lot of stability in life. Her dad's dead. Her mom died of cancer when she was younger. And so she's just kind of alone. Right. Uh, but we know that she had like a love of her life and um, when she was like an adolescent and a guy named Elliot Petropolis. And she runs into him in the beginning of the novel at like a, a coffee shop and it just kind of kickstarts like a lot of drama. Right. And so they like in the, there are two timelines. It's told in alternating timelines, which is what every summer after does. And like literally mm-hmm. the past timeline, like every summer after. And just to give you a sense, like I think this book was either written 2018 or 2019. 2018 I think yeah and so it's, it's, it, pr- it preceded every summer after by a few years but yeah basically like the backstory is when her mother died like as like a set kind of a guidance that her mom provided for her dad he buys the summer home for her daughter to kind of get away from the big city right and so ev- mm-hmm. like they do a lot of like weekends and holidays and whatever at this like country home and next door there's a family of like a lot of boys and one of them is this nerdy guy named Elliot Petropolis they form a friendship and then as the years progress they form more of a romantic relationship something happens there's mm-hmm. a fissure and then by the time she meets him again in present time it's been like 10 plus years since they've talked and now she Mm. needs to like kind of figure out now that he's getting back in her life like is she going to choose him is she going to leave her fiance can she contend with the reasons behind their fissure and I don't want to say too much because I don't want to just ruin it but I was just kind of like I know that every work of fiction is sort of like very specific right like every summer after it's its own work 
but like the mm. the plots are astoundingly similar <laughs> and the alternating timelines and the mechanisms like me thought it was kind of a lot for me <laughs> i was like oh this yeah, is this is <laughs> and it's interesting because one is a new york times bestseller and the other one, and one i is, don't know like yes yeah yeah anyway, i won't say anymore because this is a public podcast well it's uh will it attorneys be contacted after this to be like hey <laughs> Uh, there's some plagiarism going on. Cease and desist. <laughs> no, they'll tell us. They'll tell us cease and desist. They'll tell us to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't be silent because the be similarities silent. are the similarities. <laughs> and if but Christina it, Lauren doesn't care, we are acknowledging it. <laughs> yeah, and Christina Lauren, they're just two friends that like just write these books. Like they, they're, they yeah, seem they're very low drama. Together. But I did feel like, wow, yeah. this one is like huge. Like every summer after is a New York Times bestseller. It's gotten so much like attention and yeah, there's gonna be a movie about it or is it yeah it, i just so. i felt some kind of way anyway um yeah i would feel salty yeah and then my second hea is um just basically if people watch the last of us the zombie thriller on hbo they had this kind of capsule episode three which featured two guys bill and frank who like essentially find love in like the middle of a zombie apocalypse do spoiler alert? and i don't want to say too mm. No, I'm not going to do any spoilers for this one because the show's like on. Did you watch this? We both do. I don't watch HBO unless it's for sports okay. related. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do. But all, all I will, all I would say is, it was such a beautiful like meditation on the nature of love and companionship, and mm. it's not necessarily like mm. sort of ardent, crazy romantic love, but just like a companion kind of love, right? And what it means to survive, and what it like what it means to like live versus survive right and how love can mm. figure into that and sort of motivate us to like strive for something beyond just mere survival and i i cried oh, it was it was beautiful Nana. i like cried when i watched i've the seen so much i've seen so much like commentary about it like vulture did such like a, a really like great sort of like recap of it and then like a nice article about sort of like what went into filming that episode yeah i actually like tried to push myself to watch the first episode of last of us so i could like watch this and i was like i don't like zombie shows though so i might n end up watching just watch the, the episode. episode and not care yeah i think i'm just gonna watch it because i tried to watch first and i was like i can't deal with sort of like sort of the tension and anxiety coming with what's about to happen maybe i'll just watch yeah. the third episode i also yeah, heard it's not your back. stereotypical zombie show it's yeah i will say it's <sighs> Yeah, go ahead. Nana. It is like yeah. if you don't like the zombie anxiety, it definitely has that, right? Like the like, but yeah. it isn't like just kind of like oh, zombies pop up. It's like a fungus. There's like a lot that goes into it. I am realizing as I watch the show, I'm like more interested to learn how the zombies and the fungus and like how the world came to be what it is than the most of the present plot. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so like all the things yeah. that they're trying to figure out as it happens, I'm like, eh, but I kind of want to be like, how did that town get that way? How did this happen? You know, like, yeah, like what happened? Like, what happened? Because this is based on the video game, The Last of Us. Yeah. So is this, a, is is this the, but is it still yeah, a like stereotypical, you know, uh, mainstream sci-fi or whatever you want to call it film with limited amount of uh, us in it? I mean, there was a little mixed girl who dies. So, so standard. So, yes. So, yes, it is. Standard operating yes. procedure. Yes. So the answer is yes. <laughs> first in, first out. And there's a black lady who died. There's a black lady who Like, what dies. more do you people want? His daughter was mixed. <laughs> and she was. Gosh, you want her that's to be the spoiler, co actually. I guess that's a spoiler. Spoiler alert. You should put a, you should put I'll a, put a spoiler in, alert. <laughs> in the episode. No spoiler for Last of Us. But you want her to be a co lead, Jesus. too? Yeah. No. 
always asking for too much. Let y'all have a president. Now you're all asking for co-leading the movie. And it's just like, you just get, like, it's just like, when will it end? Always asking oh. for things. Get over it. It's our month. It's our month, guys. It's our month. It's true. It is we our gotta, month. We got to take month. what we can get. We got 28 days. Only 16 left, baby. All right, we got to end it here. We got to end it here because otherwise we're going to say something yes. problematic. And I'm not trying to be canceled. Bob Johnson will not be canceled. I can't do it, man. We have not called you Bob this entire yeah, episode. we haven't. I'm sorry. It's, over. it's too late for you. Your alias is gone. Well, I... Anyway, thank, thank, thank you, thank Bob you. Johnson. Thank you guys for, for having me. Us I, today. I really yeah, appreciate, thank you. I appreciate, appreciate you. it. We really appreciate your perspective. This is fun. Right. Thank you. Best of luck. All right. Thanks, Rob. Right. Bye. 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 All right. Let me stop. <laughs>